thankful for his blood, thankful for the death on the cross, amen? Listen, I think many times we forget about the cross, but if it were not for the cross, we'd not be where we are today, amen? God sent his son Jesus to die on the cross for, for a bunch of messed up people. I mean, believe that, a bunch of messed up people. I don't know about you, but I, I'm messed up. I may seem like I always got it together, but I'm here to tell you, I don't, and I'm messed up. But I have the Spirit of God that lives in me, amen? And He cleanses me free of all my sins, and I'm thankful for that this morning. If you're glad to be in the house of the Lord, say amen. amen. If you're ready to go home, say amen. Oh, hey, we got a few. Hey, there's always a few. There's always a few. But it's good to be in the house of the Lord. It is good to be here. I'm excited for the Word today. I believe God has a Word for the body, for the body of Christ this morning, and and God has confirmed that in so many different ways. But if you would turn your Bibles to Ephesians uh, chapter 4, Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in verse number 1, Ephesians chapter 4, beginning in verse number 1, you can follow along on the screen or you can follow along in in your Bible. If you're there, say amen. Therefore... I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. Verse 2 says, always be humble and gentle. Be patient with each other. Make an allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Verse 3 says, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit. Binding yourselves together with peace. Verse 4 reads, For there is one body and one spirit, just as you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. Verse 5, There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God and Father of all, who is over all, in all, and living through all. Today I want to take a look at the topic of a body of one. Let's pray. God, we love you. God, I thank you so much for uh, the word today. God, I just pray, God, that you'll speak through me, God, and, and it will be delivered to your people today. I pray they won't see me, God, but they'll see you high and lifted up in this place. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. If you look at the top of your bulletin, it reads, we live in a world today that is divided in so many different ways. From our governments, our jobs, our schools, our families, and sadly, even our, our churches. Often it is easier to just be divided than to work together as one, but God has called us as a body of believers to be united as one in Jesus. Our passage today, Paul explains how we as a body of Christ can walk in unity. Paul shares with us how a body, how we can become a body of one. Church, I truly believe this morning it is important for us as a body of believers to walk in unity. You may ask me this morning, how do we become a body of one? Is that even possible? In the world that we live in today with so many different people, so many different races, so many different cultures, is it really possible for us to become a body of one? I believe this passage in Ephesians chapter 4, Paul instructs us how to do that. He instructs us how to do that, and he lets us know that, guess what, it's not easy But it is possible. Why is it possible? Because of the Spirit of God. If you are a believer this morning, the Holy Spirit lives in you. I believe this passage teaches us that we can become and we are a body of one. Not only does it teach us, but I believe it challenges us this morning to live a life 
in a way that Christ be glorified. Look at verse number 1 with me. Paul says in verse number 1, Therefore, I, a prisoner for serving the Lord, beg you to lead a life worthy of your calling. For you have been called by God. So number one in your bulletin this morning, Paul teaches us, but he also, he also challenges us to lead a life worthy of your calling. When I, I begin to read that verse this week, and I begin to think to myself, well, what does, that, what does that look like? How in the world am I to lead a life worthy of our calling? And I believe Paul begins to explain that in verse number two. He says, always be humble. Paul says, always be humble. When I think about being humble, I'm reminded of Matthew chapter 23 and verse number 12 where it says that those that exalt themselves will be humble, but those that humble themselves before the Lord shall be exalted. Amen? The Bible also tells us in James chapter 4 verse number 10, he says, humble yourselves before the Lord and he will lift you up. Church, can I tell you that humility isn't easy? Humility isn't easy, but Paul tells us that if we're going to be a body of one, we have to have humility. He says, always be, be humble. If we're going to walk in unity, always be humble. But church, the problem is today, in our world that we live in, we live in a world that says, cater to yourselves. We live in a world today that says, do whatever makes you happy. We live in a world today that says, exalt yourself. Take, take pride in yourself. But church, I want you to know humility is deciding to be unselfish. Humility is deciding to put away selfish desires. And Paul is telling us in this passage that if we're going to be a unified body, if we're going to be a body of one, we got to stay humble. If we look at the life of Jesus, see, I love Jesus because Jesus never asked us to do anything that he ain't willing to do or he wasn't willing to do. And we look at the life of Jesus, we see that Jesus was born in a humble manger, right? We see that Jesus grew up in humble surroundings. He lived a humble life, yet Jesus had a tremendous impact on the ones around him. With a life full of humility, Jesus Christ still had a tremendous impact. Church, this morning I believe Paul is telling us that if we are going to be a unified body at Sherall First Baptist, it comes with humility. Just like Jesus, we must operate in humility. Just like Jesus, we must be humble. And just like Jesus, we will have a tremendous impact for Christ on the ones around us. Look what it says. It continues to say in verse number 2. Paul says to stay, stay gentle. The dictionary says to be gentle is to show, show kind character. It says to be gentle is to be kind, to be merciful. To be gentle is to be forgiving, to be considerate. I like the King James Version. Instead of using the word gentle, it uses the word Meekness. Can I tell you this morning that meekness, it is not weakness in our life, but it is power under control. It is the Holy Spirit that lives in us, and it is, it is power through the Holy, Holy Spirit. We look in Numbers chapter 12, verse number 3, we see it says that Moses was a very, very meek man. He was a very meek man above all the men on the face of the earth. But if we look at the life of Moses, we will see even though he was very meek and he was very gentle, he exercised tremendous power. Church, I want you to understand this morning that if we're going to be a body of one, as the screen says, a body of one, we've got to be gentle and we've got to be, we've got to be kind. How do we do that? It's through the Holy Spirit that lives, that lives in us. To lead a life worthy of our calling, Paul says it, take, it comes with humility and it takes 
It takes gentleness. How many of y'all with me this morning? All right, we're going to keep on going. If I get it going too long, y'all throw a cell phone at me. I'll be all right. It goes on to say in verse number two, it says, be patient. All right, it says, be patient, make an allowance for each other's faults because of your love. Now, I don't know about you, but I think Paul could have just left that verse out. Paul could have just left the patient part out. Y'all hear what I'm saying? Listen, I don't know about you, but it's, patience is tough. I think for the most part, and I was talking to my wife about that this week, and she kind of gave me an eye, but I think for the most part, I, I'm a patient person. And my wife said, until it comes to the kids. But I, think, I like to think I'm a, I'm a patient person, but if we were all be honest in here this morning, we could all use a little more patience. Amen? We could all use a little more, more patience. Where does patience come from? It comes from the Holy Spirit in us. Amen? My phone's going off, and it ain't Jesus, so I'm going to cut it off. I'm not going to tell you who it was. Thank you, Mr. Kip. If we were all be honest, we could all admit that we could use a little more, a little more patience. To be a unified body, to be a, a body of one, lead a life worthy of our calling. Paul says it takes patience and it takes love. I love a quote that I read in a book this week. It said that lack of patience displays lack of love. Lack of patience displays lack of love. We're reminded, Paul reminds us in Corinthians 13 and 4 that, that love, is, love is patient. Love is patient. And I want you to know this morning, when we have patient love, we're going to face challenges in our life. And loving others, our patience are going to be tested. If I were to be real with you this morning, and we can be real, amen? We can be real. All right, since I've been in the ministry... My patients have been tested. Since I've been a pastor here at Sherall First Baptist, my patients have, have been tested. But God reminds me, and he reminds me every day that love is, is patient. And he commands us in the, in the New Testament, too, that the greatest commandments is to love God and to love, love people. And love is, is patient. The Holy Spirit reminds me of that often. We're going to be a body of one that takes patience and it takes love. Paul says, lead a life worthy of your calling. What does that look like? Number one, humility. There you go. Thank you, Jesse. Number two, gentleness. Number three, patience. Number four. And where do those things come from? Do we create them? No, the Holy Spirit creates them in us. There's a song written by, the man, by a man named Chris Sly, and it says, the name of it is Empty Me. And in that verse it says, Lord, empty me of me so that I can be filled, filled with you. Church, if we want to be a body of one, our prayer must be, God, empty me of me so that I can be filled with you. God, fill me with humility. Fill me with gentleness. Fill me with patience, God. And most of all, fill me with your, with your love. And being a body of one, number one, Paul says, lead a life worthy of your calling. If you look at verse number three, I love what it says. It says, make every effort to keep yourself united in the Spirit, binding yourselves together with peace. So number two this morning, if we are going to be a body of one, Paul says that we must put forth every effort. Now, if, if you want to be good at something, 
What do you do? You put forth effort. You don't become good at something without putting forth, forth effort. But I want you to notice what it says in verse number 3. It says, it says, make every effort to, to keep. Somebody say keep. Yeah, make every effort to keep yourselves united in the Spirit. Can I tell you this morning that we do not create unity? We do not create unity. God does not command us as believers to create unity among believers. I want you to know that He created it with His holy, holy Spirit. Our job as believers is to recognize it and to keep it. The whole, it is created by the Holy Spirit. It is nothing that we do. We have no power over it. But God has created through, his, through the Holy Spirit, has created these things. It's our job to recognize it and to keep it. If we're going to be unified, if we're going to be a body of one, we must put forth every effort to stay united in the, in the Spirit. I want you to understand this morning that Paul did not say, put forth every effort to stay united in our cliques. Now, I know I'm going to step on some toes this morning, but Paul did not say put forth every effort to stay uh, united in our own desires or our own agendas. Paul did not say put forth every effort to, to do what makes us happy, to stay united in what makes us feel good. Paul did not say put forth every effort to stay united in our routines or our traditions, but Paul clearly states put forth every effort to stay united in the Spirit. Listen, and I stand before you this morning believing the only way we will reach that point is through Jesus Christ. The only way that we will reach a, to be a unified body, to be a body of one, it's not me, it's not Ricardo, it's not Mitch, it's not Patrick, it's not Sandy. The only way that we will do it is have the Holy Spirit living and working through us because it's only through Him that we'll be united. Amen? Amen. Verse 3 goes on to say, binding yourselves together with peace. If we're going to walk in unity, if we're going to be a body of one, not only must we put forth every effort, to stay united in the Spirit. But Scripture tells us to put every effort into binding together, ourselves together in peace. Can I tell you this morning, Jesus Christ is our peace. Jesus Christ is our true, our true peace. You want peace in your home? You, you want peace at your job? You want peace in your marriage? You want peace in your finances? You want peace in your kids? You want peace in our schools? You want peace in our church? It only comes... From Jesus Christ. There again, we can't create it, but it comes from Him. Philippians 4 and 7 says, And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. True peace only comes from Him. And Paul tells us in our passage today, to be a body of one, we must put forth every effort to stay united in the Spirit, and we must bind ourselves together with peace. When we look at the life of Jesus, we see that Jesus made peace. There again, He doesn't ask us to do anything or, or maintain anything that He has not done Himself. He preached peace. He gives unity and peace. And Jesus Christ offers the gospel of peace. Paul says if we're going to be a body of one, if we're going to walk in unity, number one, we must lead a life worthy of our calling. How do we do that? Humility, gentleness, patience, and love. Number two, we must put forth every effort. We must put forth every effort to stay united in the Spirit. And we must put forth every effort to bind ourselves together with peace. Lastly, this morning, if we're going to be a body of one, if we're going to walk in unity, as Paul teaches us, if we as Sherall First Baptists are going to be a true body 
of one. Number three, we must recognize the Spirit that lives within us. Now, I could preach another 30 minutes. Don't, don't worry, I'm not. But I could preach another 30 minutes on just verses 4 through 6. But I, I'm going to keep this simple. I'm going to ask our praise team to come up. And I've got a little bit more. Don't think we end and don't get happy. I've got a little bit more, but I'm going to ask them to go ahead and come up. And I'm going to ask my volunteers with my mirrors to go ahead and come up. Y'all make your way up. But number three, we must realize the Spirit that lives within us. We must recognize the Spirit that lives within us. I'm going to ask, can we put verse number four through six on the screen, please? We're going to read those. Verse four through six. Verse 4 says, For there is one body and one spirit. Somebody say one. Yeah, one. One body and one spirit. Just as we have been called or you have been called to one glorious hope for the future. Verse 5, There is one Lord, one faith, one baptism, one God, and Father of all who is over all and living through all. Paul says if we are going to walk in unity, if we are going to be a body of one, we must recognize the Spirit that lives within us. Church, reality is we live in a world today that we want everybody to be like us. We live in a, in a world today that we want everybody to like what we like. We want everybody to dislike what we dislike. We want everybody to do what makes us happy and what pleases us. Listen, I'm guilty of it too. I'm guilty of it too. And in our churches, if, if we don't do everything, if everybody doesn't do everything that we want and everything that we like, what do we do? A lot of times we do away with them. But Ephesians chapter 4, verses 4 through 6, it teaches us that we have unity because of what we share in common on the inside. I'm going to say that again. We share unity because of what we have in common on the inside. Church, it's not about what I like. It's not about what you like. It's about what God likes. It's about what the Holy Spirit wants. And that Holy Spirit lives in, in us. I've asked these guys, if you, as you can tell, they're standing up here with mirrors, all right? I, I went a few weekends ago, and I watched the new movie, Lion King, and I'm going to close with this, all right? I watched the new movie, Lion King, and I'm fixing to play spoiler alert if you ain't seen it. But I want you to get this. I want you to get this. Mufasa dies. Sorry. All right. Mufasa dies. Simba's left. And I know, listen, I know Lion King ain't a spiritual movie. Y'all just hang on. I'm going somewhere with this. Mufasa dies. Simba's left. And I don't remember what his name is, but he's a baboon, all right? The baboon comes to Simba or monkey, Rafi, Ra whoever. Y'all hear me out right here. I'm just going to say a baboon, all right? So y'all got it. The baboon comes to Simba, and he says, your father's still alive. 
He said, no, he's not. He's dead. He said, he's still alive. He said, I'll take you to him. Come on. So what do they do? They go running through the forest. They get to a body of water. Simba stands in front of the body of water. And he sees himself. And the baboon says, don't you, don't you see him? Don't you see your father? Simba said, no, I, I don't see him. See, Simba was excited because he thought his father was going to be there. So he goes and he says, don't you see him? And Simba says, no, I don't see him. What's the baboon telling him to do? Look closer. Look deeper. Why? Because your father, somebody help me. Your father lives in you. Your father lives in you. Come here, Mr. Bill. Come here, Miss Sandy. Come here, my, my wife. Beautiful thing. Come here. Come here, Kayo. Y'all stand right here. No, make a line. Here we go. Make a line behind the mirror. Y'all don't miss this. What does Mr. Bill see when he looks in the mirror? I'm going to help you out because we're going we're gonna to speed this up. Blue jeans, blue shirt, sunshades, gray hair. But what does Mr. Bill see through this mirror? He sees himself. All right? Go sit down. Kayo. What does Kayo, does Kayo see Mr. Bill? Absolutely not. Kayo sees he's a little shorter. He's got black shoes on, blue jeans, gray jacket. Shaggy hair. I wish I had that much hair. Go sit down, Kayo. Next. My wife. I ain't going to tell you what I think. All right? I'm going to tell you what we see in the mirror. Sandals. Brown capris. Tan top. Glasses. Earrings. We didn't see Kayo. see something different. Last, Miss Sandy comes up. What do we see? Blue dress. White sandals. Glasses, necklace. It's different. It ain't what Beth was. It ain't what Kayo was. It ain't what Mr. Bill was. Listen, if every single one of us, and we ain't going to do it for the sake of time, and most of y'all probably stand a long time in front of the mirror this morning. But if we were all to line up and we were to look in the mirror, what would we see? We would see something different. When Simba stood in front of the mirror, what did he see? And when, he, when he stood in front of the body water, what did he see? He saw Simba. But what did he tell him to do? He said, look closer, look deeper, because your father lives in, in you. Listen, I want you to know that we as a body are all different. We all have different looks. We all have different likes. We all have, listen, I like mac and cheese. You might not like mac and cheese. We all have different likes. We all have different dislikes. We all have things that make us happy. All of us will go home this afternoon and do something different. We all have things that make us feel good. And that's okay because God created us all different. But can I tell you this morning, if I was to line those four up that I had up here this morning, if we as a body of Christ could line up behind these mirrors and everybody in this church could see a reflection of your heart, 
What would it look like? Because I'm, I'm going to tell you this. If we all lined up in a mirror, and even though we're different on the outside, if you are a true believer in Jesus Christ, if you have been converted and the Holy Spirit lives in you, we should see the same thing. Come on, somebody. We should see one body. Simba saw itself, but on the inside he said his father lived. Listen, we stand and we see ourselves every day. God, different colors. White, black, Mexican, whatever. Different cultures. Different lifestyles. We wear different things. We're different. But when it comes to God, when it comes to the Holy Spirit, the Bible says that there is one Lord. There is one baptism. There's one faith. There is one Spirit, and if we could see a reflection of your heart this morning, would it be you or would it be the Holy Spirit? Stand your feet all over the house. Every head bow, every eye closed, nobody looking around. Please, nobody looking around. Listen, we're gonna all we're gonna open up this altar. But I want to ask you a question this morning. I told you that unity is not something that we can create. It is not something that God commands. But it is something that we recognize and we keep. Why? Because of the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. I'm going to ask a question this morning. I want you to be honest. How many of you want to walk in unity? Thank you. Thank you. How many of you really want to be a unified body of Christ? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Maybe you would say this morning, you know what? Listen, I have the whole, I'll be honest with you. I got the Holy Spirit living in me, but I still struggle with some of these things that Paul talks about in this passage. Maybe you say in this place this morning, there's definitely some areas I can walk on, I can work on. I know I could be more humbled. I know I could be more gentle. I know I could be more patient. And I know I could definitely be more loving. I know I could put forth more effort. Listen, I'm raising my hand. If that's you, slip your hand up. Nobody looking around. Thank you. Thank you. I know as a believer, listen, I have the Holy Spirit living in me, but I know I could put forth more effort. Thank you. Thank you. Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. All right, lastly this morning, nobody looking around. Maybe you examine your heart this morning. Maybe, listen, maybe you've gone to church for 40 years. Maybe, maybe, you, maybe you think you got it all together. But if you were to come stand in front of these mirrors and we could see a reflection of your heart, maybe you examine the inside of your heart this morning. And you don't see a reflection of Christ. The Holy Spirit is dealing with you this morning. Not anything I preach, but it's Him doing a work in your life. And you say, you know what, I'm in need of Jesus Christ today. Because I've tried to create it. I've tried to create unity. I've tried to make everybody happy. 
But I realize today that I can't do that. The only way I can do that is Jesus Christ, the Holy Spirit living in me. And today, I want to turn my life over to Christ. If that's you, I want you to slip your hand up. Anybody else? Anybody else? Thank you. Thank you. Listen, as the altar is open, listen, I challenge you this morning. I challenge you this morning as you have heard the word. Paul says, lead a life worthy of your calling. What does that look like? Humility, gentleness, patience, and love. Secondly, put forth every effort to keep united in the spirit. And bind yourselves together with peace. And lastly, recognize the spirit that lives within you. Listen, if you raised your hand this morning, I want to challenge you on the count of three. Praise team's going to sing, but on the count of three, if you raised your hand and you said, you know what, I want unity. If you raised your hand and you said, you know what, I can work on some of these things, and I know I can put forth more effort. If you raised your hand this morning and said, you know what, I am in need of Jesus Christ. On the count of three, I want you to come. I want you to come. I'm going to make my way down. One, two, three. I want you to come. I want you to come. Don't wait. I want you to come. Do business with God this morning. Are you hurting and broken within? Overwhelmed by the weight of your sin? Jesus is calling. Have you come to the end of yourself? Do you thirst for a drink from the well? Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Leave behind your regrets and mistakes. Come today, there's no reason to wait. Jesus is calling. Bring your sorrows and trade them for joy. From the ashes, a new life is born. Jesus is calling. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, come to the altar. The Father's arms are open wide. Forgiveness was bought with the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Savior, isn't he 
Examine your hearts this week, because I, hey, all week in the past, in this scripture, all week, I've been dealing with stuff in my own life that God's been working on. Listen, you get saved, don't mean you got it together, but we do have that spirit that lives in us, that guides us and directs us and gives that humility and that gentleness and patience and love, it gives us those things. So I pray you'll examine your heart this week. You stood in front of that mirror. And I pray every time you stand in front of the mirror this week, you'll think about it. If you can see that reflection of your heart, you see yourself, or do you see Christ? Just a few announcements before we leave. No Sunday night service tonight, all right? Um, we will have Wednesday night Bible study. Wednesday, be in prayer for the Boston trip. They're on the way home this afternoon. Thank you to Mr. Dave. He's going to go pick them up. Um, and then I will pick Patrick and Joe and some others up uh, Wednesday uh, evening or Wednesday afternoon. So be in prayer. Safe travels. And excited to hear what God has done uh, there. Just one quick announcement before we move into business. Uh, next Sunday, next Sunday we will vote uh, on doing some remodeling in the basement regarding the floors. So next Sunday we will vote on doing some remodeling in the basement. So if you got any questions, feel free to come, you know, ask me, ask some people on the person, I mean on, uh, on trustees, um, if you got any questions. But next week, we will vote on doing some remodeling in the basement. All right. So if you are a visitor, listen, you are free to leave. And I'm going to ask Mr. Jeff uh, and Miss Janet, if y'all will, you may be seated. And we're going to move into a, a time, of, time of business.